We told you after the game, they were going to be talking about the tight. Two cans of beer a day, and that's your bleeding lot. And now we've got an extra one because they stopped the tot. So we'll put on our civvy clothes, find a proper shore. A sailor's just a sailor, just like he was before. Welcome in, Friday night edition of the Coach's Corner, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. I'm your host, Ryan Watson, with my other host, Jonathan Bourne. Uh, we, like I said, we brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partner with 440 Sports. Find all of our great content at broadwaysportsmedia.com, where you can go right now to shop.broadway and find a wonderful t-shirt for, your, for you to purchase called the Tennessee Tickle Monsters. It's been the buzz all across the internet today. It's been taking the world by storm. No, it was, it was fantastic. Put out J- Jonathan, uh, Justin Graver, sorry, too many, too many J names. We've been a little bit to drink tonight. This will be a fun show. Uh, uh, Justin Graver put out a fantastic hype video today just to kind of celebrate this defense. And one of the names was the ridiculous Tennessee tickle monitors. I am all on board, Jonathan. With tickle the monitors, T- tickle monsters. That's what we're going to go with. Tickle monsters. What are your thoughts on it, sir? I think it's absurd, and I and I love it. That's probably the only thing I can say. I think some people take it way too seriously. Um, think that it will affect national media coverage. I, I, if you're worried about national media coverage because of a nickname, then your team is terrible. <laughs> right, and if you're worried about this is going to affect the players, I, hopefully the players are ignoring anything that dumb the fans are putting out there. <laughs> it's dumb. I don't even want to call it dumb because I enjoyed. It. I had a lot of fun with the day uh, going on, uh, saying things like "If you hate this, then then you hate fun." Those kinds of things, but I didn't mean it, in, it terribly because I I know people are going to have issues with it. You can have your opinions on things, and that's perfectly fine. No one's saying you can't, but it's it, it's just all a good fun. If you don't like Tennessee Tickle Monsters, then then TT TTM for short. I mean, that, that's what we're going to go with. Uh, but their shirts are there. And I've, as I said before, these shirts that you can get in Broadway are super comfortable, super soft. You, you'll love that you got them. And what better way to have that fantastic design that JG put together for the Tickle Monsters video? It is great. It's a great video. At least go, go, go watch it for just his editing. That's Hollywood-level editing that you're able to go witness for, what is it, two minutes, 20 seconds, a minute, 20 seconds, whatever it is. The, the length of Twitter videos. I'm not even sure. Just go there and check it out. because just, I think Twitter videos are as long as you want to make them. I thought there was cut off, but I'll defer to other people who have actually done Twitter videos before. But go check it out for at least if you hate the name, that's fine. Go check the video out. It is fantastic work. The soundtrack, but recommended by a genius in our chat. <laughs> Me. Uh, was fantastic. It was all, well, uh, good fun today. I hope y'all enjoyed it. And that's what we're really here for. Because and, and, and someone pointed out in one of the chats, and I love this, isn't it kind of a great spot that as Titans fans, we are now arguing about a dumb nickname as opposed to coaching issues, player drama, especially in a week that you, in a game where you didn't have Derrick Henry versus the Rams. I mean, it's kind of a nice space to be for Titans fans, correct? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, when you look at everything else that's going on, they've had a rough, rough stretch of games here. It's going to be tough for them to uh, come out four and zero. They came out four and zero here and you're going into the game against the saints here. Uh, and look, the Saints are down. You're still you're dealing with things as the Titans, but if you're arguing about nicknames on Twitter, that means that you have to. You're trying to give something a nickname. There's nobody that was arguing about what the nickname should be for the Titans defense last year. Because yeah, other than nobody dog cared. Crap, terrible. <laughs> so that's a good place. To your point, 
good place to be that you're you're actually argument nicknames because last year was not a good spot because they were just and, and I'll let you say it because you had you were famous for saying it last year if they were what if the defense was just what bad just bad just bad the Titans are going to have a much better season so the, in here in this game you definitely saw the offense took kind of a step back I think that was a little bit to be expected right with uh, trying to figure some things out I know I know they're able to go out and get the legend Adrian Peterson but obviously he needs some time to marinate in the offense a little bit he's uh, he's on there up in age and if y'all were expecting if anyone's out there expecting Adrian Peterson to come in here and do Derrick Henry things I'm sorry, just kind of reset a little bit. They, he, he's really just trying to eat up some carries, and then if if he gets you a 50-yard, 60-, 70-yard game, more that's perfect, and a, and a couple touchdowns here and there, that's all you're really expecting from him. You want some of these other running backs to kind of pick up the rest of that load to kind of bridge that gap. Also, you made a great call out that anyone expecting the Titans to really change their offense identity, just completely flip the script, was going to be in for a shock because that didn't happen. No, I mean, they're going to do what they do. The, the idea that they were going to come in here and become, I think my exact words were an air raid offense, was just asinine. Mm-hmm. And frankly, anybody that was thinking that, they don't listen to them. That doesn't make any sense. You're going to make adjustments from losing a player. You're not going to install something different. You're not going to go in there and say, oh, well, we lost this running back. Uh, let's go wing T. Let's go uh, double wing <laughs> offense and just go to it because we need to right. just drastically change anything. No, it's next man up. Right. And, and Donnie, as you pointed out in the chat, we'll try to do a better job of, of keeping up. Uh, also, Thank you, Donnie, for reminding me. You didn't do this intentionally, but if you're wanting to chat, ask questions about some of the play breakdowns here in a second. We've got quite a few of them we're going to go through to kind of make up for last week. Um, hit us up on YouTube or Facebook because, as Zach Lyons has said, uh, every single uh, live stream or podcast he's been a part of, Twitter's broken because they won't get their crap together and sync up with Restream to be able to let the chats come in. So if you want to, if you want to interact with the show, find us over on YouTube. Facebook, we're both we're both broadcasting there as well. I would love it if Twitter is, but if you're chatting to us on Twitter, we can't see it in the live stream. And I would love to be able to talk with everyone. So just get off my soapbox real quick on there. Um, so let's let's address uh, before we get farther into the game and the plays. Let's kind of address the what happened. So sometimes in life, you know, last week things just kind of happened. It was just crazy. We couldn't get a show together. Uh, there were some work related things because I would love to tell you this is our full time job, but it's not. We love doing it, and luckily, and thankfully we do because we we have to really find time to piece things together sometimes, uh, and try to bring y'all a good show and be entertaining and all that good stuff. Uh, this week it was a little bit different, where um, you had a great opportunity uh, this week, and and we talked about it a little bit before the show, and I wanted to just kind of share because the pictures you shared were just breathtaking of where you were. Yeah, I had the opportunity to uh, actually go visit uh, West Point in uh, West Point, New York. There, the uh, the Army base, and it was it was really, frankly, inspiring. And I'm not the I'm pretty much a, a, a highly cynical kind of guy, but being around that, and especially how it translates into the sporting world and just coaching in general, to have a group of 4,400 cadets to be in there and truly be bought into a message. Everybody's got different views. Everybody looks different the way that they came from the background that they come from, but to be around West point, a place that has true history. And I know that there can be some miscon misperceived conceptions, misconceptions. You may even put a name to it <laughs> uh, around, you know, the military. And, you know, it's been a, a highly polarizing concept over the last few years, but being around a place like that is truly truly inspiring to to see people uh truly bought into a culture to a mindset to push yourself to be great in every second of the day because that is what you were there for 
to be physical, to, to be a, they would refer to it as a warrior ethos. And I, I think it translates straight into the sports field about a, a teams. The teams that are truly bought in are the, are the teams that are going to be the most successful. And I think when you look at uh, just to make it Titan centric, to, to see this. truly what Mike Vrabel is doing and now the favorite to be coach of the year, regardless of what they, they endure, they continue to push forward. It's next man up. It's, it is that mindset, that culture that everybody is bought into. And frankly, when people are not bought into it, they're not on the team anymore. So those are the teams we've both been a part of successful and slightly less successful teams. I can't say I've been on part of a bad team. Sorry. Humble brag. <laughs> but to see a team that is truly bought in, that is that is the difference. And so to see all those things translate from – you know, the best of the best at West Point to the sports field. There's a lot of commonalities there. And it is it truly inspiring. And yeah, the pictures that you see there, if you ever have a chance to go visit, it, it's spectacular. Yeah, it really was. I was kind of blown away by how they were. I'm glad you brought this back to the Titans thing. And and again, the reason we didn't go last night is because you got you got in so late from the trip. Oh, and I just, was a zombie. Yeah, there's there was just no way. This would have been a completely unentertaining show. Uh, I also took the took the chance to take my daughter to basketball practice, which is I'm always and I hate you know I love Titans football. I love college sports. I love watching those things, but they are going to always take a backseat to my daughter's athletics as she's growing up because I can't get these Titans back. So I was glad to be able to go to her her practice last night and watch her. Uh, Shoot, shoot a little uh, basket hoop. <laughs> so we just decided to let's make it a fun show on Friday. Drink a little bit, you know. Have some people come in, some interact. We've invited some other Broadway guys to come in if they want to. I get it; it's Friday night. Everyone's got plans. So we'll see if we have some special guests at some point in time. Max, glad you're here. I was really hoping to see some people. Max, join us if you want to. That'll be a fun. That'll be a fun bit. Um, so, but I'm glad you brought this back to the Titans with you, with your talking great i mean i'm glad you got to experience that because it's just really good to see when you see one mind of and not one mind of they all think the same because people are allowed to think their thoughts on things and everything but just the, the drive and the goals they want to accomplish were the same i think that was your main point so that was good and, and that kind of brings you back to this mike vrabel led titans team where they get down in games and they never give up even some of these bloods you, you always see them fighting there's never this instance where you see that they just quit there's little maybe there's games to get out of hand here and there but they're few and far between because he just doesn't let their, their his team do that. Now, with that being said, that kind of shows up with this. You just had your MVP front runner for your team. Whether you think he's the MVP of the NFL or not, this is the MVP of your team on offense, and Derrick Henry goes down. This is his first game without him. What's the team going to look like? Vrabel came out, had his guys prepared, because, again, this wasn't a stellar outlook. This wasn't a stellar game, excuse me, for the Titans' offense. But this defense and this front – Defensive front, the Tennessee Tickle Monsters, not monitors, monsters, got after it from, from step one. And it was more that we touched about this a little bit on Sunday, so not to get too deep into it, but, but it was more than just their pressure because they didn't blitz a ton. They stunted. They just were active. They had some great secondary pass rush moves to get to Stafford to make him uncomfortable, but also made them uncomfortable. And you hear this, you keep hearing this about the coaching um, scheme uh, from Bowen about how he is giving to offenses things they've never seen. Now, whether that's never seen in their career or not seen the Titans do, he's mixing it up. He's doing some things because a lot of those were, were, were covered sacks early on. Uh, you know, but again, you have to, the thing about covered sacks is you got to get there and pressure. So it's, it's nice to see them working in kind of a, a symbiotic relationship there. It's a big word for me tonight uh, to, to, to accomplish that. So th did you see anything like that from the coverage as well? 
No, I mean, when you look at it, there was very much a front four attacking to to get to be victorious there. And I think I'm actually having some technical difficulties here and uh, losing. You're still coming through the audio, so you're good. Losing internet connection. Uh, as the host of the show, I'm thinking probably not. So um, we may need to make an adjustment here and uh, go to the direct connection. Uh, so pause. Give us just a second. We'll be right back with you. See if I can hook something up here. There we go. I'm back. All right. Now you can hear me, Max. Max, you just keep us held accountable here. Just an absolute disaster of a tech, some technical difficulties. Well, here. you know, we had dinner first and we forgot about one important step was, was hooking up your computer. So that as the host, you can still broadcast. I've got the sound taken care of with my soundboard. You've got the video and the hosting. So apologize about that. Uh, Titans film room saying the audio is back. If you can, uh, Max is here at us. Titans film room. If you can, uh, we're good. Yeah. Well, I think we're good now. Okay, perfect. So, Carry on. Sorry about that. So it was, Soccer goals. Where were you at? So, well, yeah. I, now you're going to hold me accountable for that. So you're going to lose. When you look at what the Titans are doing, they weren't trying to do anything fancy on the back end. When if you start to see what a good defense is, it's when guys like your ball hawk, uh, Kevin Byard, is able to drop back. And he's able to freelance a little bit. I saw a couple of good breakdowns about what he was doing there. I see Titans film room. You're on here. The uh, the mother or and or father of the Tennessee Tickle Monsters, not to be confused with the Cumberland River the, the, Care Bears. The weird uncle that shows up to birthday parties yeah, whatever absolutely. something he had he had some relationship to it so when you look at what the titans were doing it was nothing is particular fancy it's just showing up and frankly beating the hell out of the guy that's lined up in front of you especially when you look at somebody like jeffrey simmons who is frankly had one of the best halves that you will ever see from a defensive tackle in a game and to do it in a game where aaron donald is featured yes is it's admirable so i think whenever you I see here the question. Do you think he totally went He admitted it after the game, Max. Yeah, he actually talked about it. He was definitely freelancing. Yeah. And when you look back at what Kevin Byard was doing last year, he was trying to do these same sort of things. But whenever you can't trust the people on the outside and around you, you sometimes try to do too much. Right. You're trying to do everybody's job. And, you know, you go back a couple of years, you see Michael Griffin. He was guilty of that a ton, trying to do too much. Do your job and know where you can freelance. Know those chances you can take. When you're, Whenever you're going to be an underneath coverage guy, jumping a route, your risk of giving up a touchdown down the field is much, much smaller than if you're the deep guy in a cover one kind of shell. So that's where I think you're starting to see this defense really play together, really play as a unit, and ultimately – that's a team that should be scary because if you can win with your front four the way the Titans are right now, you can do a lot, a lot you can, of stuff. On you defense. can get creative on the back end and, and do some things like that. So you're going to see a lot of more of that stuff going on. So really good call out by you. And I think you you actually called not not to toot your horn, but I think you did call that live during the game we were watching that you you basically said that you didn't think that. Not that he was doing anything wrong, but you're like, I think he freelanced a little bit there. And and not and when you're watching the game live, you're you're kind of at a disadvantage because you don't have the the um you don't have the advantage to see the routes and see everything develop. But just based on your understanding of where everybody else was and what kind of flashed in front of you, you just kind of made a comment, you know, under your breath a little bit, and then we dove into it that you're like, I don't think Byron was supposed to be there, but great play by him. And he undercut and his film tendency. Everything goes into that. So it's a really good job by the Titans there. And, it's, and that's it. you got so many more guys pitching in on that defensive side right now that are they the most talented defense in, in the NFL? Probably not. 
But the way they're playing, they sure are because they're all playing together and they're all doing what they can. Because I, I would argue that there's plenty of teams that have better secondaries. Uh, defensive front may be one of the best in the NFL, if not the best. The Tennessee Tickle Monsters. I'm going to get that in as many times as I can tonight. And uh, Titans Filmer, if you want to join us and just preach about t- Tickle Monsters a little bit, you're more than welcome to, sir. Um, but that, that's 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 good that Byron's able to more comfortable to be himself. And you're seeing him play at that level again. Uh, Max asks, well, that's great, but what happens when the read isn't good? So you, you're talking about yeah. when he when he gambles and loses, basically, Max? That's, I think is what you're exactly what I was just talking about, though. I mean, let's talk about a calculated risk. If you're doing that whenever you're the deep safety, then, yeah, the gamble is not worth it because you're probably giving up a touchdown. If you're gambling on a play where you're one of the underneath coverage, then it's okay because guess what? You're going to have those risks versus reward, and the reward there was, hey, a pick six if he throws it. I'm going to bait him into this. If, it's, uh, if he gives it up, then you have Jackrabbit behind you to go up there and make the tackle so i mean and frankly let's let's play this out if buyer jumps that route and that ball goes past him and uh he i think as robert woods was able to catch that ball and then breaks a tackle from jackrabbit jenkins and takes it the distance of the football field then guess what everybody's sitting here not saying what was uh, kevin buyer doing they're saying oh jackrabbit jenkins missed the tackle that gave up the touchdown that's what i'm saying and when it comes to everybody doing their job allows guys like buyer to have a little bit and be playmakers be football players out there not just be exactly what you draw up on a whiteboard and trust me ed reed is probably maybe i'd probably say the best safety to ever play football and he freelanced a hell of a ton by being able to study film and see what players were going to do when teams are having to adjust for your freelancing to try and get you to bite on something, that means you're a good football player. So defense played spectacularly. And we'll get into some plays here in a second for the offense because, again, you kind of were expecting a letdown on offense. You were just hoping that maybe some things could bounce right. The thing that you got was the defense playing to the level of a Super Bowl caliber defense against even before the OBJ, uh, OBJ pickup and free agency here with all that drama that was going on. And let me put it this way. I would have taken the chance to take, if, if all this, he's bad for the locker room, all this kind of stuff. That's a talented receiver that I would have loved to have had on the Titans. That's just my thoughts on it. I think that locker room is in good enough shape under Vrabel that I don't think anybody's going to come to be a cancer. And guess what? He's probably cheap enough that if he is, what's the big deal? You, you, you sit him and you cut him, whatever else. I mean, I, I didn't think they were, I think, I think there was worth the risk to poke, but again, they didn't. I was okay with him not doing it too. But the offense clearly struggled early. Thankfully, the defense came to play um, and had some stuff happen. There were some, you know, the national media pundits, and I rolled my eyes, uh, saying, well, yeah, the, the, anytime you spot them 14 points on two interceptions, you're not going to win. Okay, yeah, but the defense is still doing that to them, putting that pressure and trying to avoid what uh, Safford, Stafford and Safford in the same game. It, it, Safford is, is, a, is a tough thing for me to do with my, with my ability to get tongue-tied. But he didn't know that was going to be a safety or not. So, I mean, just good job by the Titans coming in on that defense and picking up the pace for what they would assume was the offense was down. And they were right early, but the offense did put drives together when they had to. So this offense is still capable once they're clicking. They just have to get to that point. There are some things here from what I saw in the film on Adrian Peterson's plays that it's kind of 50-50 on he's got to learn when to be aggressive and when to be patient. He's got to learn to lower his pads a little bit at certain areas. He's always kind of been a high runner throughout his career a little bit, but he's he was a high runner 100% of the time, so he never got into that second gear, that second level of things. So I think he's still trying to figure it out. But again, he was with the Titans for less than a week. Give it some time. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pulling the plug on the Adrian Peterson uh, experiment just yet. No, I mean, he, 
he even admitted that he was running high. And I think we can get into some of those breakdowns. But I do want to say one thing here, and that is, you know, Max saying that, you know, 100% agree on Reed, but he is, uh, he's like Manning on defense, right? He just called his own number. You ready to give him the keys to Byard? I'll say that Kevin Byard has the same number of interceptions as Ed Reed did through his first four years in the league. He's got some good, he's in some good company as a defensive back. So, I mean, whenever you look at that, I mean, you're talking about somebody. I think somebody just tried to jump on our stream. I was ready to bring him on, and they left. Who was it? I don't know. I didn't Call see him it. out. It may have been Max. He may have, he may have uh, snuck in here. His way in here. So, Max, you dirty devil. You. Yeah, when you talk about that, I mean, yes, at some point you do give the keys to Kevin Byard because guess what? He is absolutely performing. He had a, frankly, a, yeah, I mean, it was a mic drop. I may, I don't know if it's right. I made it up on the spot, but it's fine. Most stats are made up. So you looked at me like, I was like, what do you, I'm not the stats guy. We need JG in here to tell us if that's right or not. Yeah, I had a little bit of a panic <laughs> moment, but I'm going to stick by it. So uh, ultimately he has at least 22 interceptions over the last couple, uh, last few years. And that, that yes, you have to give him credit. Nobody wants to sit there and say, it's easy to sit there and say he's not Ed Reed. And I don't think he will end up being Ed Reed, but yes, Yes, he can absolutely get the benefit of the doubt to go out there, freelance a little bit to make those plays. Max believed in that's key, kids. Sell it with, Sell confidence, it with confidence. And you can get away with a lot in life. <laughs> so, um, again, I see Max's que- or not question, but statement about AP going to be cut soon. Uh, Foreman is going to be the guy. Um, I did like kind of what I saw to Foreman a little bit. I think that he did run well. Uh, and it very may well turn into that, but I think that you've got to give Peterson a shot to kind of learn how they run some of these plays because the Titans have some pretty, I don't want to call them intri- intricate blocking schemes, but it's probably not exactly what Peterson was used to, at least the personnel, at the very least the personnel he's going to have to get used to. So I'm willing to give it some more time here. A couple of weeks from now, I'm going to be with you on that. And maybe hey, it's just past his prime if we're seeing the same things, but I'll kind of get to that here in a second of why I think maybe there's some hope. So we'll, we'll get to that just when we get to the plays, whenever that is. Like I said, free for all show. If whoever showed up gets back in the chat, we'll, we'll bring him back in here and let just, just have a good old time on a Friday night. If you, what else you got to do? It's Friday night. We're in our, you're in your thirties or forties or late twenties. Maybe it's not time for bar. I don't know. It's been so long for me to know when it's acceptable to go out anymore. So I just stay home and watch uh, uh, Disney movies with my kids until they go to bed. So that's my life. Anyway, enough Sounds rambling for me. Exciting. It can be, you know, <laughs> enough rambling for me. Uh, so, well, I, I, that's all I had to say about the game. Unless you had any other thoughts, I don't want to cut you no, off. Let's get, let's get, let's get into the, the play. Plays. Let's get into the plays then. So, and forgive me on the, this is going to show, I'm going to be a little uh, humble here when say that basically with this first play, I, I, the, the, the makeup of it, when you get into it, either looks like it could be inside zone. But the reason I say that is because you're going to watch, uh, Michael here go, he's going to come backside and block off this edge. It could be a lead trap from what it is. It could be a midline power that comes through because he could have a, a kind of a, a two way go to read. He's either trapping this in man on the line of scrimmage here. And then you got down blocks, down blocks, but this also looks like this could be a zone blocking scheme as well from, from what you're seeing, uh, from everybody else. So, Again, I'm just saying that it's either inside zone or it's a midline power here. But either way, what I want to focus here on kind of where the play broke down and why I don't want to blame Adrian Peterson on this. And this happened a couple times during this um, during this game. Excuse me, I'm kind of having – this is always great when we have technical difficulties on this show. My my my, uh, I'm not iPad-friendly, and this little bar is up, and I can't uh, scroll anymore. So, oh my gosh, you're just breaking it here. While you're figuring that out, I'm going to see if we can bring in here. Somebody's in a car? I think Easton Freeze is in a car. Easton, are you there? Hello, can you hear me? 
we can hear you. What are your thoughts on the Tennessee Tickle Monsters? <laughs> I love the Tennessee Tickle Monsters. It's a great nickname. I think that it's been the, the highlight of my day watching everybody, all the, all the uh, wet towels of human beings, of wet blankets of human beings on the Internet go crazy over it. Um, it's like it's clearly a joke. It's really funny. If you watch a video JG put together, it's really funny. Um, and it's really that I guess just dumping a laugh every once in a while because it's really funny. So whenever you're, uh, we, we've kind of we're doing some play breakdowns here. We just got done talking about Kevin Byard and his performance in the game, and talking about the freelancing. What's your opinion on you know do your job versus you know, go out there and make a play. Well, you have to do your job. At the, at the end of the day, as long as each individual job is done, um, that's what you're asking for, right? And so when you look at a defensive unit as a collective instead of individuals, they have a certain – there's a laundry list of assignments they have to, that they have to accomplish, and there's a hierarchy to what is most important. Um, and, and when you get those fundamental things covered in a way that allows one or two – uh, individual athletes to go and make an athletic play, there's obviously nothing wrong with that. You know, you guys were talking about uh, Bayer's ability to, to freelance and, and take a, a high-risk, high-reward shot on that interception in the game. The reason he was able to do that is because he was communicating with Jackrabbit Jenkins beforehand, and Jackrabbit sat down in that off-man coverage uh, and allowed KB to come up and, and make the play. And if, and if he were to try to jump that ball, uh, and it was thrown over his head, or maybe there was a pump fake or something, and, and KB got burned in terms of his assignment as safety, he has Jackrabbit behind the receiver still, keeping that guy in front of them, and, and the play is still going to be right. made in terms of stopping the, def- or stopping the offense. rather. So, you know, you have to if you're, in a, if you're in a defense like the Titans looked like last year, where they can hardly get their fundamental assignments taken care of, then making a play can hurt the entire unit. Um, I think you see that a lot in guys like Trayvon Diggs with the Cowboys defense, the defense with Dallas. I don't think it's as as great as it is made out to be um, in terms of the leap they've made this year. And a guy like Diggs, he he takes a lot of high-risk, high-reward shots at cornerback, but he continues to put up big numbers in terms of interceptions and PBUs because quarterbacks continue to throw the ball at him because they know he's taking these risks and the defense is still porous. And so he's also giving up a ton of yards and touchdowns, right? And so in situations like that, when you have a solid unit like the Titans do, taking those high-risk, high-reward plays aren't going to burn you on the back end. That's good points there, Easton. I mean, that's and you kind of have to distrust from it. So that's that's definitely what um, we were trying to convey. So thank you for ham- for hammering that point home for us because that's that's what Byard's able to do this year, uh, and and have the trust with his with Jack Rabbit behind him to know that communication as you as you so rightfully pointed out there is at an all time high, and that's what's going to keep this defense going forward. All right, Easton. It sounds like you are driving. We appreciate you joining us tonight. So uh, drive safely. I uh, see the lights flickering in the background, and we don't want to get you arrested here. So uh, drive <laughs> safely. And- we'll have you back on uh, soon in an actual, and you can be in and in participate in the, the tape breakdowns. I think you, you'd enjoy that quite a bit. Thank you, sir. Sounds good, guys. I'd love to have a good rest of the show. Thank you, sir. So we're going to have some other Broadway guys pop in here uh, just as we go. Just we'll, we'll kind of bring him on, have a fun show here. So, uh, again, and now as I, as I start to go through the show, I kind just of did one this second, pretty quickly. One second, I need to uh, 
I'm a big thing of accountability, and my made-up stat proved surprisingly to not be true. Uh, Ed Reed <laughs> did have more interceptions. He had 27 interceptions in his first five years. He had 34 in his first six. Kevin Byard, though, I will also say did not play his first year, but if you were accounting for it, he has 23 in his first six years. So shocking to no one, <laughs> Byard may not be Ed Reed. But yeah, he's still he, a damn he, good football player. Still a damn good football player. So uh, this is, on further view, this is a power. And basically, just to kind of talk through some things, What and if you all saw me drawing up as Easton was talking there, what you're looking for is you're looking for a down or a back block here from your defensive line. You're looking for a down to try to wall that off to keep them out of the play. You're looking for, this essentially turns into a double, but you're looking for them to drive that defender back. And your target for that double team between Jones and Brewer is for the backside linebacker. And that's probably, that's where they're going through. You're also essentially going to have another kind of combo block up here to this front side backer to cut that off so and this is what we talk about when you're talking about drawing plays that once you if you stop here everybody at the point of attack is accounted for right looks like it's going to be a pretty successful play but this is the nfl and unfortunately players make plays so this is where it's shaping up to be. You see Peterson start to make his his drop step, and he's going to wrap around Tannehill because you see Tannehill opening up this way, and he's going to boot here. You see in Peterson, and his ideal is he's going to follow uh, Pruitt through the hole, and he's going to look to to get in between what's called this. Let me let me erase some of these lines here so you can see it's not fourth grade Cray Crayola. He's he's going to look for to try to cut through what's this round corner right here that these these blockers are making here and these blockers are making here, and what you're hoping to kick out here is to get this. Now you have this alley for Peterson to be able to run up in and make a play. I know he's unblocked. You'll see here in a second there's a receiver coming in because um, to block, and if not, that's that's a situation you want your running back to be in to make a play on that that backer. Other thing I want to point out real quick. I'll go back to the other play. We talked about earlier about the Titans not going to change their their ways. They're they're going to they're still in a tight condensed formation with two tight ends on the field. They're not really changing what they do. They're just trying to plug in a different player and see if they can get a result out of it. So this is what they're trying to do. So let's go into one more clip, and you see here, if I can get it to quit bouncing around, you can see here now. Uh oh, NFL players make plays right. So now you're seeing Donald has beat Saffold right there. And if you look, Peterson doesn't even have the ball yet. And he's dealing with this, one of the best defensive linemen in the league, right in his face. But let's point out the other blocks. You've got a great combo here. They're going to get that. You've got some movement here, really working hard. Hart didn't have a great night, so we'll try to call it the good stuff he did do. He is walling that backside block off. And Pruitt's got that angled up man the only problem is is now you've got one of the best defensive tackles in the league sitting there looking right at peterson as he's getting the block and just to kind of go back if you look here you can kind of see that that uh, saffold has a good first step he's in there and then he doesn't just he doesn't bring that other foot with him he doesn't get rebalanced there and and donald's already you see him grabbing i don't know if it's that, that's clear you can see him start to grab the arm there uh of there and he's gonna pull he's gonna push or excuse me, pull and swim, and Saffold, a little unbalanced, kind of falls susceptible to it, and that's what gets him free right into Peterson's face there. So going to the next play, now you're three yards back in the backfield trying to make a play. Peterson is able to spin out of it, but what I want to, I want you to see here is you've got Swain coming off on this linebacker. I know he's starting to cut back because Peterson's already in the middle of a swim, so you're going to get a little flow here, so things are going to look a little skewed here, but my point is you've got – 
this block here. You've got a great seal here by, by Questenberry. You've got a seal by Jones. You've got you've got Brewer. I almost said Davis. You've got Brewer cutting off that. So everything's going to get cut off. This, if this isn't there, this is going to break. This is going to pop. And this is what I said. You've got you've got AJ coming in here to put a block, and now Peterson can make a move. And this is going to be a big play. So we talked about how there can be just one thing that throws off a play from time to time. This is one of the, this is one of those examples. So Peterson, uh, Adrian Peterson is able to spin out of it, get some, but unfortunately, since everything's being blocked this direction on the field anyway, he's not going to be able to get much because everybody's expecting this to go the other way as far as the blockers. So now you're, you're sitting here stuck and he's got nowhere to go. Pause. See if my coach wants to chip in here. Before going to the next play, doing a great job. <laughs> uh, we did have a request specifically for the uh, breakdown of Bobby Hart's play, so I hope we got a lot of that coming here. Yeah, there's going to be some Bobby Hart coming, and then that's why I kind of want to be nice on one play. He does let somebody loose here, but again, that's a tough position to be uh, for tackle to be in because this play, this isn't supposed to be here. This is supposed to be out here. This is supposed to be breaking this way. Uh, and this is a tough block. You see, you see Julio has done a good job cutting off. Now, really what should be happening is a foot race, but the old Peterson trying to put a move and see what he can do on that guy down the field. Cause I'm, I'm fully expecting that, that AJ is going to get that block and, and cancel that guy out. So that's kind of the problem there. And then he gets tackled for, for a, I think it's no gain. I think he was amazingly got back to the line of scrimmage somehow. Uh, so then that's not on Peterson. That's not a rust issue. That's, that's the fact that uh, Aaron Donald was just in his face immediately. So I'm going to forget kind of the order of some of these plays. So we've got kind of a, a midline lead here uh, from your offensive line as they start to block here, and we go into it. Uh, again, tight formation. When two you say tight, things like midline lead. Let, just middle of the line, just being very basic. It's, it's just kind of a lead, uh, a dive play here. The blocking up front is uh, it can be kind of a, a gap kind of blocking where you just kind of take what's in front of you, and you know that you've got responsibilities coming up. As I'll go to this next clip, you see here, Pruitt's blocking out. He's got man on responsibility. Questenberry's got man on responsibility. Swaim has got man on responsibility through his that uh, B gap there uh, to go through up into the linebacker. You've got a double or backside block here working up to this backer, and these guys are blocking out. They're man on backers. I said gap earlier, but I meant man on. I apologize. So they're man on to block there. And now, again, let's stop this. Does everything look like it's going to be blocked up? Do you have a hat on a hat and, account and everything's accounted for? And what could be a successful play, right? That's what it's looking like. So, go on to the next play. And unfortunately, you you do have Swain blocking up there. You've got Pruitt blocking out there. Brewer is working, but this backer has come to here, kind of plugging the gap a little bit there. So that's not ideal. You would like to see Brewer at that angle to cut off here and keep him somewhere out here to make it real easy for Peterson to see where the hole is. Jones doing a fantastic job. Saffold holding his water there. Hart out here holding his water on the edge. So you see Adrian Peterson. This is why I think he still kind of got these athletic cuts to him. See how low he's getting to the ground? So he wasn't high all night. So he's getting the, he's getting into his cut here. Doesn't look too bad. Just talking about how, how low he is in there. But the problem is, is that, again, he's not trusting it. Q's doing a good enough job here, in my opinion, that I think that if he just he just needs to follow Swain, stick with it a little more. And that hits front side there. I think that he can make something out of it. Instead, he gets here. He's running right back to this backside trash that, again, is expecting him to be on the other side. He's trying to cut back through it, and I really think he needs to stay, kind of stay home here a little bit. Uh, and as you can see, kind of what happens. Is yeah, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you a little bit here. I mean, when you're looking at what a running back is, is taught to read, where are the helmets? The helmets are all to the right side here. 
he's seeing a hole here and I know there's a sky cam here, so I can't quite see the helmet placement of who Ben Jones is, is blocking there, but there's a gap developing there. And if he's reading his helmets, you got the hole that this is designed to go to, I see three helmets that are on the side to prevent that. So I don't really hate this from Peterson. You're right that you do want to read helmets, but when you have a lead blocker typically when all else fell, fell, falls. And that's why I say I'd rather see him follow his lead blockers because he's new to the team. Let's see what you can develop on the front side. Sure. But because I don't think that uh, Q is in a bad position. Now, the thing is, is if Q can get some better movement out of, let me get my mark going again. If Q can get some better movement right there on that, then this isn't an issue. The, he's not doing a bad job. He's not getting beat. He's just not getting any kind of movement. But he's got a head up one-on-one block. And if, and if we go back to the start of the play, I believe he was kind of lined up. It's, it's a little inside. So again, this I would kind of like to see Q um, kind of influence. And what I mean by that is, you know, if, if where the play is going to go. And that's the thing is that Swain is just hunting this guy up. So he's going to try to find. So me, if I know I've got inside, lever inside leverage right there, I'm going to try to influence and try to take him in here a little bit and try to maybe play my hand a little bit. The problem with that is that's also gambling because you're susceptible to an inside bull rush at that point in time. And now, like you saw in the last play, the defender is right in, in Peterson's face. So, just a little tic tac there, but again, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that you're right with the helmets when he gets that cut. So again, that's, he's got the athletic ability to make that cut and look for this hole here. Just everybody kind of holds water, and now it's just it's it, he doesn't kind of get in there quick enough, and it, it kind of bottles up on him. And the next thing you know, he's tackled. And I think that he's frustrated here. And I called this out during the game that he had he missed his cut somewhere. I think he thinks in this moment. You can see he's kind of grabbing the ball. If you go back and watch the film, he was just kind of hitting it above his head. I think he realizes he needed to stick it front side or he got caught up in the trash and he had something off the backside that he saw later late in the play. So just some of those things, those timing things that needs to get a little better between Peterson and the line. This is just an example of that. So no, no real fail from the offensive line, not really on Peterson either. Just kind of these things are going to happen and plays aren't always going to hit. Right. So that that's kind of the thing there. So I think that I commented on this play a little bit during the, um, during the play, we commented on this game live, and, and this is all jumping around on me. I apologize. So this is the uh, the Tannehill interception, just to touch on it real quick. And this is where we're going to get into a little Bobby Hart hate. So just I'll get into my point, and then I want to ask you some questions, let you talk a little bit here too. So you see here, we're starting to get the play action fake wheel out. You've got the big on big kind of responsibility. you got to sell the run the run fake. Everything, you've got, you've got the back or the tight ends coming this way. Everything's flowing. You've got the offensive line kind of setting up for their gap protection. They're, they're – responsibilities out here you've got coming in here now here's my point what i'll talk about if you go back to the slide beforehand there's not a whole lot of ground gain that's a false step from bobby hart or sloppy fart as as uh <laughs> as zach has been calling him uh on his podcast uh so that's a false step there he doesn't gain any ground with that so now he's left himself open for this inside gap rush from the defensive end and there's nothing really there he so he's done himself no favors to cut that off he knows he's got the inside leverage he doesn't do anything else because here's the thing if he overcompensates too much the inside always want to protect the inside as an offensive lineman more than anything because you can redirect to the out especially when this play is looking to set up over here from Tannehill. so he takes a little bit of a false step there uh bobby hard does and he's already playing catch up so as you see in this next in this next uh clip he's on the wrong side here he's, he's trying to push out here he's not getting any motion with his his legs coming he is completely turned the other way i would love to see him more turned this way kind of a thing and that's what i expect to see there from him to kind of give that nice pocket um someone so i guess someone wants to ask out there why doesn't pruitt help out there sure that's not his responsibility for this play see where he's looking 
He's looking out here. And the reason he's doing that is in case there is a blitz off this backside gap. You want to protect for that because that's an athletic linebacker coming off the backside to the, the blind side of Tannehill. So you want to protect that. So he's got his own responsibility to look for. This is also a more athletic person here as well. So he's he's got his responsibility as a one-two out here where Swain is taking number one. He's looking for the number, number two trash. Actually, it flips into the first there, second, just however it goes. Uh, so that's what they're looking for. Everybody else holding water, protecting their gap, responsibilities there. So you start to see this break over across, and that's where now he's able to get into Tannehill. If you notice where Tannehill, I didn't get the clip. I apologize. I, th- I thought I did. But Tannehill is not able to step into his throw. He just basically real quick shuffles his feet to get a little wider, but he's not able to step into it. He's not get, able to get into kind of even power out here doing a deep out. One, it's a tough throw. And now it's tougher if they're, he's doing it from this hash mark, but it's still tough. It's still one of the tougher throws for a quarterback. And you really got to put everything you got into it. And if you're going to miss, you miss wide. You don't miss inside on an out route like this. So because you couple this with he's got this, he's probably shortening his arm throw. I thought there was contact live, but there's not uh, in the clips that I was able to find. Uh, he misses his arm completely, but it's still right there. And from he's shortening his arm motion, he's shortening his feet. He's not able to step through, put any power on there. And unfortunately, when you have this that situation there, when you have one of the best corners in the game, regardless of what your feelings are on him personally, he's a very talented individual. You throw it out there, you throw it behind, you throw it late, with no power on it and Ramsey's going to step in front of it and pick it off, which is what happened. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately I think that's one where uh, Tannehill saw something flash across his face and he panicked a little bit and threw it to the first guy that he was going to. I mean, there were other guys that were open. I don't feel like even with a better throw, that pass was going to be completed. I'd like to see him come off of that, but again, pressure impacted play just like when you talk about what the what the tickle monsters are doing on the defensive side there you know you look at what the the rams are able to do and where pressure can uh impact a quarterback i think that's what you saw here yeah and i kind of circled it there you've got julio jones on on the backside uh, coming across it was kind of a uh a, a dig modified dig route a kind of a curl right there and back on the left side so if he's able to step around that pressure and not to go back a slide, but you see where this pressure is kind of in this area. If he's able to step over into the left a little bit, come off of this read here, and then look back across the field, he probably has a, a completion to Julio Jones, who's just one-on-one with the corner here uh, backside. It looks like, again, I don't have the wide. I should have grabbed it, but it looks like he also has a, a, a route out here as well that he has an option. So, again, Tannehill's not perfect, so this is a little bit on him, but I just want to show why that play was – yeah, it doesn't com- get complete, no, but I think if he's able to step into it and throw it more to the outside, it's at least not an interception. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it, it, but again, you're not trying to throw incomplete passes. You're trying to throw completions, and so I think without the pressure, he's probably moving off of that mark into a different read. Right. So next play up, one of my all-time favorite plays in football, the counter. And I love this because you see here the very first thing is a little deception because you have Adrian Peterson is stepping this way, kind of a little jab step if anybody has the, the, the basketball. Just he's, he's trying to have a false step to the left, and then he's going to bring it back right. What he's looking to do, here's his second puller through the hole in Pruitt, and he's looking to follow that block and read that block up in the hole. 
to figure it out. And let's take a look at what the other offensive linemen's responsibilities are as they go through. So you've got, and I want to point this out too before I before I get away from it. Out here, this is just a masterful job by Ferkser. He he comes inside to set up to make it look like he's going to block this guy. And if you watch the play live, which we'll figure out if we can do that, you know, and have actual clips to go back and play. But he does he does the same thing where he steps in front of to make the defender think he's going to block him. Then he goes out to block his responsibility, slows up just a little bit. Then he comes down the line and he's set up for the puller Saffold to just. It's a big man on a, on a little man, you know, and that's a block you want your your offensive guard to see. You're also thinking, oh, I've got a free rush, and that he he maybe he doesn't look inside, and he gets cleaned up by the guard there. You also have again, uh, cue a little one on one there, but you've got your down, you're down, and and you would say, well, are they going to go to this front side back here? No, they're not. They're going to go and try to block any trash back here. That that's what they're aiming because they've got to try to block anything coming through here because there's a vacated gap here. And I've got a lot of trash on the screen. I apologize. But from where this offensive lineman is pulling. Uh, I see Bobby Hart there. You see Bobby Hart? You said he had a lot of trash on the screen. Uh, good, po- good point. So, but this is where, this is a susceptible gap that's opening up right here because your, your offensive lineman is pulling and go this way. So a couple of things have to happen. The, the front side offensive lineman have to really, or the backside, excuse me, Hart has to do a good job cutting this off and keeping this person at bay because this is a free run as well. You also have to, as the center, be able to look for this gap as well because you're essentially down blocking. It's not really a double team, but you're down blocking, you're cloud blocking, a gap blocking kind of thing. So it's whatever shows up. So if this defensive lineman goes back here, Jones steps on and the Brewer's going to climb. If the defensive lineman stays front side in that front side A gap right here, then then if he stays front side on Brewer, then Jones is going to climb for the backside and, and protect this backside gap there. So that's what's kind of happening here. And then last, before I move on, is Swain. You see him giving a hand because he's trying to help close that gap down and then he's responsibilities to get back out here. And if, and if anybody's crashing hard, he's just going to get hands on, try to hold them out. Cause again, this counter is supposed to hit out here. That's the design. So you want to kind of hold everything, hold your water on the backside and let that go. So the problem is, as we start to get into it, you see, again, like I said, if you remember, Ferkser's now out on his responsibility after he deked and came out. Saffold has pulled from backside. Q is actually getting some pretty good for head up blocking. He's actually get influencing pretty well there. That's that's not a bad job. Like I said, Jones and Brewer have pushed this defensive nose all the way back, and Brewer is now climbing for the first thing that shows across the top to help protect. And so you look here. Now we've got this. There's no big threat there. I would love to see him still. That's an athletic person. I mean, if I'm looking at this picture, this is set up really well. <laughs> yes, thank you. And, that's, and I'm glad you can see that because that's what I'm trying to say here. That look how he's got here, and I can see what he sees. He sees that that hole open up again. He's seeing things. He's trying to make it because again, this this block hasn't engaged yet. That's the block he's reading because if this turns into a kickout, he's cutting up. If this block turns into a hook, so it's either a kickout where it goes this way, or it hooks here. Right. So that, that gives Peterson kind of his way he's going to go. Right. So it's, it's a little, little more patience out of Peterson there, to be honest with you. So we can see at least how this is developing. It's not there yet, but he makes his decision right then because he sees this gap backside, which is fine. But I'd like to point something out. You called it trash earlier on the field, all this trash. Well, there's a big piece of trash right here that, remember, where did he start? Taking, taking away that backside. Where did Hart start? He, he was out here. So Jones, and they've got, they got more movement. They, they replaced over. He's not able to hold him out, and now he's in the way. Because I can see what Peterson's seeing. And I don't hate it. 
I don't hate it. Yes, is it great? I think I think there were some other, uh, and I'll, I'll give him credit. I think that the Tic Tac Titans had a good breakdown about this same play earlier, and I'll, I'll give the credit there, and that he should have stuck with it, and I agree with him there. But I don't think that this is wrong either because if Hart can just hold, if he can just hold his man right here, look at that. And, and and you're setting up here where you're going to get a chip here. You've yeah, got you're probably one on one with the safety here. Yeah, and that's what you want from your running back in this scheme is to be one on one constantly with a safety. So it's breaking up really well. So so you combine the fact that Peterson reads it. That, and again, watch. He's still he's into his break now. This was my point when I when I talked about that this week. He's into his break now. He's already made his cut. He's made his decision. Whether he should or shouldn't have stuck at front side is no longer an option. Maybe he should have, maybe he shouldn't have. He probably should have because as you see this going on, there, there is a lane that opens up and he can squirt through and you're going to have a big home run play. Do not disagree with that. But it also looks like it's going to be here. And if this freaking block here can just be held on the backside, it's still a home run. And that's two options on one running play for the Titans. So in a play that doesn't gain anything and leads to, to more frustration from this fan base and that the offensive running game wasn't going. And you look at this when you, when you run the playback and look what they had, you, now you can see now that Pruitt's engaged, she's definitely got the hook going that, that, you know, the helmets on this side. So I'm not sure Peterson still doesn't make the same read to be honest with you, but Pruitt does get there and he's at least flattened out. What I mean that you, you, you don't read in the, in the counter it, you, yes, you can read helmets, but you more want to read the shoulder pad of your, of your blocking offensive lineman, because if his shoulders are turned, this way so just imagine that shoulders and the head going this way you read it as a backside cut but if the shoulders are parallel ish to the line you read that as a hook block essentially i mean that's so, i know so it's, let's, it's let's rewind to the the knowing who makes this tackle let's rewind to the beginning of the play one more there we go we can clean up a little bit sorry all right go ahead all right so we look at this positioning right here and where bobby hart is set up the one, one of the few things you were coached at, even at remedial offensive linemen, is what? Crossing your face. Don't let them cross your face. We yep. didn't plan this. So if you want me to prove a point about how remedial that rule is, I, I didn't say, hey, let's talk about this coaching point. Mm-mm. It was explicitly, <laughs> what's the remedial thing that you talk about? Don't let the defender cross your face. Right. And look where his helmet's at here. Yeah, And let- where he ends up. He's letting him cross his face throughout the course of this play because he's not bringing, he's got to bring this foot up and be aggressive and really look to fight here. He just doesn't have that in him. He was frustrated all night, but he didn't do himself any favors with his form. So I, I get it. If you're not the strongest guy, that's fine. Bring some technique with you. Yep. And if you're not a technical guy, be a mauler, but play to your strengths. And I, and I think that Hart was trying to be a little bit what he's not, which I don't really know what he is. But again, Trashing on him a little bit here. This is because look, and you kind of you can kind of see the progression here. Go from there. Uh oh, he's crossed his face and look and look at the body lean on Hart. That's not good. Yeah, if you're standing fully up straight, he's being in a, bent in a, back. Yeah, in a uh, in a run blocking play, not you're good. you're in you're in trouble. Not good. Not really good. So now now you see the, the the his responsibility, who is supposed to be held out here, is now making the play and just just look. I'm going to be a dead horse here. It's a home run. <laughs> Maybe. I, I, Peterson, 20-yard gain. I, okay. Shooting for 20-yard gains here. <laughs> so that's 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 that play. And that's, and that's the frustration I was, ta- I was ta- talking about earlier about you have Peterson, uh, all that good stuff. And I won't go through those because I pulled a lot of these plays because I, I, pl- I plan on doing an article all week, and I may still put this out. If you're listening to this podcast tomorrow, come back, uh, read on um, – 
I do want to touch on one more play just real quick. Um, the uh, Peterson or the, the the Tannehill fake, which I think. Let me go ahead and get down to it. So I may have a um, play here uh, or an article, or at least check my Twitter. I may upload all these pictures and talk a little bit about it. So here is the Tannehill fake boot, real quick. So you look how it's going to set up. You've got the front side. Go and we had a lot of people argue about whether the Titans would be able to run this play because Derrick Henry's not in the game. He's not a big, a big enough threat. Here's still of enough threat that you've got flow here. You've got here. You've got here. Everybody's still flowing. This is the man you're hoping to influence more than anybody else because I know this is a freak athlete right here. I don't think he makes this play even if he is able to run free. Close. We'll still go for it. But he gets faked out so bad by this, by him coming in, because everything's going this way. The blocking's all going this way, right? Your lead's coming this way. Your running back's coming this way. Everything's going that way. Defense looks at everything they're going here. Tannehill doing a great job doing his coaching, showing that ball to the defense. Make them think you're handing it off. Great play action, great fake when you're going here. Now he pulls it, he's gone. Look at that. He, he, we essentially, the Titans are masterful. We are essentially seeing them again turning a defender into a blocker for this offense because of how this worked out. He just crushes Donald there and pulls him down. Um, but I want the reason I want to show this because we know with the end result, Tannehill is able to go into get, get his finger roll touchdown. But I, I kind of want to point out that the blocking was so good on the front side. Where's Peterson? I know he didn't have the ball, but if you watch this live, he didn't know, he didn't know, he didn't know, he didn't know until Peterson was already at the goal line. They're all still in here looking for him, and he is. So this, I think if they hand the ball off here, it's still a touchdown to Peterson. But, you know, what they have here is, is a touchdown regardless. It doesn't matter. You get the, the, the tanny roll in the end zone. So just want to touch on that, that, that there were still some more success out there on the table for Peterson to have. And I still think this running game for the Titans can be effective. And to our main point going back, not a whole lot of reason to change a whole lot. Okay, now I'm done. Look for my Twitter. Look for maybe an article on Broadway as we go through this uh, throughout the week as I try to bring some more out. Sure, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> Sorry. You, you get me talking about plays. I apologize. I apologize. You get me talking about the 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 the, the in and outs of plays, and this is kind of where I like to live. And, and I knew we would do this. We we're going to spend a little bit too much time. And I, I kind of want to be quiet for a little bit here. And I want to turn it over to my co-host and because and, and, I haven't done a good job of sharing the mic with you tonight, and I apologize. Um, but that's our breakdown segment. Thank you for hanging with me on that. Um, it was intense. Thank you, Max. Hope well, you enjoyed I, it. I hope you enjoyed it at the very least. I do. And Max, again, uh, from Facebook, you're talking about it's not Bobby Hart's fault. He is who he is. I tend to agree with that statement. You knew what you were getting in Bobby Hart. And is it, this is the fault of those that allow Bobby Hart to play. I think there's some truth to that. The fact is that you drafted a tackle in the second round who barely sees the field except for ex- expect except for specific plays and Goal line plays. Yeah. And you're not setting yourself up for success there. And the Titans continue to win and they are all in over these next couple of years. And frankly, this next 10 weeks is uh, the, the biggest thing you should take from this. In my opinion is the next 10 weeks will really show you what the window of opportunity for this team is. I've been on record as saying that this is a team that's built around Derrick Henry and that the fact of that, because it is a running back position, fa- father time is undefeated and that eventually he his body will start to give out right. and his his shelf life is much shorter than a quarterback. So your window, window of opportunity is, in theory, a lot smaller than it is if it's a quarterback that you're building your team around. So with that said, these next 10 weeks without Derrick Henry is going to be real telling about what this team is without that monster in the backfield. So this is Tannehill's opportunity. If he can prove that he can carry this team sans Derrick Henry, 
But you can't do that if you continue to miss on draft picks to have two tackles drafted in the top two rounds the last two years and neither one of them be able to give you any sort of viable product on the field. That is something to back. Absolutely question. Does it mean that they can't win a Super Bowl? I don't think so. Does it mean it's probably harder? Yeah. Sure, but weird things happen. This is the NFL. If anything else, look at these last three weeks. Look at the teams that have been losing. Look at the teams that should have been winning. Uh, look at last night. I mean, even in our pickup article, which if you're not I reading, try not to look at last night. Please, please. It's just a philosophy in life. <laughs> but but as far as the 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 Ravens and Dolphins, anybody can can win at this point. I mean, they're they're proving it. The Jets game early. I know the Titans were injured. Let's not get into it too much. But the Jags beating the Bills. You know, it's just the, the NFL is weird right now. But um, standing amongst the uh, top of the rubble is the Titans. And the what everyone wants to say, because they're doubting what the Titans can do without Henry. And that's fair. I think that the, if they hold their water and just and just continue to do what they're doing, they've got it set up here to where they can make a run to have a high seed, the number one seed in the playoffs, and possibly get Henry back. And then all bets are off, baby. You know, and I, I would agree. I mean, if you want to do the glass half full perspective here, it is that, you know, Derrick Henry is going to come back and he's going to be fresh with 10 weeks of rest while the defenses are out there getting tired. But it doesn't excuse the fact that there have been some major misses and how they have built this team. The fact that you cut Dennis Kelly, which, so you're playing Quest out at uh, at right tackle, where he's a guy that could come in possibly at left tackle in the entrance in the instance that Taylor Lewan gets injured. So, yeah, there is absolutely viable concern and criticism to put out there about how the team was constructed. But I will also agree with the premise. Bobby Hart is who Bobby Hart is. If you're expecting to be more than that, then sorry. But if you're a good team, the way the defense is playing, can you still win games with them? Yes. Sure. Especially with the schedule that you have coming up, but be thinking that you got to where you got without having to play Bobby Hart with all the injuries. They got let the tickling commence T Tennessee tickle monsters coming in and joining us. Thank you for whoever created that today and, and keeping up with us. We really appreciate it. But uh, real quick, let's do touch on the, the, like you said, the rest of the season matches up pretty well and you're good about rap. Uh, you know, we are running a little long and I apologize about that. I went off a little bit tonight. So sorry, but since you're able to kind of put thoughts together pretty quickly, a lot better than I am. What's your thoughts on this first game? It's an easier schedule than what they just had to go through, but they've got the Saints up first, and the combination of quarterback they're putting out there, if it's going to be uh, Simeon, is it going to be um, Taysom Hill? What are your thoughts on this game just overall? Well, I mean, right after I just said that can you win games with Bobby Hart, I think a guy like that is kind of the, the pin in how this game goes. Can he hold up there? Because ultimately, the Saints are very depleted on offense. Not only are they missing their starting quarterback in Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara is not going to play in this game. Uh, so whenever you look on the defensive side, the Saints defense is a very good defense. They can go out there. They can attack the passer. They can stop the run. They are loaded all over. They have a really good cornerback in Marshawn Lattimore that can take away a number one receiver. So what are they going to do? What are you going to see from there? Can they still win games? Absolutely, because of how good that defense is. I think you're going to see some ball control offense. They're not going to mix things up a ton here. My worry is if you start to see a bunch of trick plays that start to come out, the, the coaches maybe tell it on themselves a little bit. They're a little bit worried, and how can they steal points out there? There are times and places to run plays like that, but I would like to see them try to start continuing to establish the run. If, if Adrian Peterson is just rusty, get the rust off of him. Yep. Otherwise... Dante Foreman has really shown some promise in the way that he is able to run the ball. Um, the one thing I would say about Foreman in his previous stops, ball security is a bit of an issue. He He's had some fumbles here or there, and so I would like to see him 
continue to work in if he is your best option as a runner. But I think the offense has to get something going here. The defense, I think they'll be able to get after uh, Trevor Simeon. I don't think they're going to give up a ton of yards on the ground. I mean, Ingram at this point in his career is what he, he is. What he, is. He, needs that, he needs that change of pace. So, Titans, this is a must-win game, in my opinion. Uh, you got If you really, truly want to be the number one seed in the AFC, you got to win this game. Another team that is just as depleted as you are on uh, from the major injuries that you've had to deal with, you have to go out there and win, and, and win this game. Yep. Plus, if nothing else, I mean, yes, you want to win every game you can in the NFL, right? I mean, just as a general statement of fact. But from the Titans' past, how many times do we see them win the games they're not supposed to turn around in the game they're supposed to win and lay a egg? Almost cussed there. Almost got me. Almost got me to cuss on on the show. Lay a, a freaking egg in the next game. So they've got to look to avoid that. So I'll scheme out the window here. Do what you do. Do it correctly. If Hart is starting, pray. If you're into that kind of thing and hope that he can have a better game than he did last time. Otherwise, you're hoping that Lawan can come back. And I get it. People are mad at Lawan, but I promise you he's a better option than Bobby freaking Hart. And there's no, I'm not going to take any debating on that. And all this, well, the Titans seem to do well when Lawan's out. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, I just watched Hart play in this game. They didn't do better at that left tackle spot without Lawan. Look, Taylor Lawan has been playing very well at that left tackle position. He had the bad, he had the bad game to open the season, but has gotten better and better each week to the point that nobody was talking about him until he wasn't playing. And See, that's, that's where you want to be. As exactly, that is exactly where you want to be. Yeah. So Max points out here. That's kind of what we're talking about concerning that the defense is really good for the saints and that our, our offense is, is questionable in this, in this state of flux. So that's a very good point. That's what you have to kind of watch. You hope that the defense can, can come the Titans defense and come with the same intensity and keep the saints out with them depleted. And that's what you're looking for. Act like you're playing the Rams again, come to play, bring, bring your in front of the home crowd there and, and make sure that you're able to, they are at home, right? I'm not just making that up. I wrote that earlier that the Titan, the Saints are at the Titans this weekend. Can confirm. Okay, yeah, I thought that just I got I had a little bit of brain fart there. Apologize. Uh, so that's the thing, you know. It's just the offense has got to to do what they do and come and play. But the defense, more importantly, cannot let the Saints get anything cheap. Cannot get any confidence and not and not just be beyond what the, they're capable. You can't allow them to do that. So I, again, I just want the offense to be capable and hold water. I don't want them to be otherworldly because. I know it's a good defense, but I want the defense to keep up their streak more than anything else. Because if they do that, it may be a tighter game than what you as a fan are comfortable with admitting, but it'll still end up being a win. And that's what you want. No, it absolutely is. So, I mean, when we look at like score predictions for this game, I I'm think not even going to give one. Not going? We're not I, going? Well, sure, go ahead. Titans by five, which is a weird number, but I'm going with it. You, you calling some maybe some score gummy? Maybe. Maybe some score gummy. Maybe. I, I think the Titans buy under a score. So I'm in that six point range as well. Uh so you know, I think you gotta set your expectations. Now we've been wrong before because the Titans have been a little up and down. Uh take yeah, Max, I'd take the under as well, possibly. That's that's a that's a good point. I'm not much into betting. So I think that, that what you're saying there uh is that you're taking below both teams scoring what they set the over under at, correct? Kidding. Um, so yes, maybe take the under. Lewis <laughs> is not happy with me right now. Uh so yeah, make the under, but but just again, don't don't set your expectation this is gonna be a blowout. That the Titans, the, remember the, the the narrative is the Saints are even down a quarterback are still a better team for some reason. I, I can show you graphs where people are still putting out justifications, the DVO crap a and whatever else that's out there saying that the Saints are still a better football team. Um, haven't watched the Titans play too closely and trying to stat book read, you know. And, and again, so don't expect a blowout here. I expect the Titans win if they play the game they are. But I'm thinking like a 17-13 type. 
Thanks, Max. Uh, now it looks like I stole that for you. But yeah, like something like 20 to 14, somewhere in there. I'll, I'll change Great my score. Max. So that kind of thing. So that's, that's what I'm expecting from this game as well. So, but that's, that's kind of our show tonight. We went a little over. I thought maybe we'd have some other guests here. We're, we're, we hang with us here. We're in some flux here, whether we're going to go on Friday nights, like like Thursday nights early capacitor flux capacitor. We may go back in time and see if we can fix some of this, but we'll, we'll make announcements out if we're going to go on Thursday night or Friday night, or if it's going to be at a different Wednesday, time, Tuesday, you know, we're, you never we're, know. we're the, we're the, we're the stepchildren of the Broadway sports podcast show and everything. So we'll, we'll let you know ahead of time, but uh, Jonathan, it's that time, time to shine. You know, I was in New York um, and I uh, saw some birds, saw them uh, flying out there. I was like, those are seagulls. You know why they're called seagulls? Why? I sat there and I said, if they, if they flew over a bay, they'd be called bagels. Bagels sound good. Uh, so that's going to do it for us tonight on the Coach's Corner. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for participating. I'd uh, love to see all the comments. Come and join us next week. Let us know if you have any questions about any of the plays. But we are brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, part of the Broadway Sports Network, partnered with 440 Sports. Remember to be sure and check out all of our other podcast articles and everything you want to see. Videos on our Twitter for the Tennessee Tickle Monsters. Get yourself a shirt and you're not going to regret it. This I don't know how long this nickname is going to stick around. Go grab it while you can, while it's still a thing, because you're, you're going to look back 20 years and be so glad you grabbed a shirt that says Tennessee Tickle Monsters. Check out Jonathan at JB on Broad, myself, Ryan on Broadway, the show at Coaches on Broad, and on Twitter for Broadway at BroadwayTN. But until next time we out see ya I forgot he was gone <laughs> see ya brought to you by Broadway Sports Media 